Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, we're nearing 50 games into the NBA regular season. The trade deadline is just around the corner, February 9th to be exact. And while some teams have their eyes on the playoffs with uh, the Celts and the 76ers leading the charge in the Eastern Conference and Nuggets and uh, the Grizzlies uh, going well in the West. Yes, that's right. Stephen Adams and the Grizzlies. Other teams might be looking to sell or to trade. Uh, joining us now, I understand the Lakers have just made one uh, recently as well, an interesting one to talk about that. And other NBA matters is uh, our regular pundit, George Berry. George, good morning to you. Thanks for your time. Smithy, how are you, mate? Yeah, very, very good, uh, mate. And Stephen Adams, let's start with him. He got into uh, a bit of a drama over the weekend with the NFL uh, Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. He was more a peacemaker, wasn't he? What was that all about? Yeah, a bit of an interesting one. Shannon Sharp, um, yeah, as you say, he's, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. He's uh, a Fox Sports pundit over in America, and he's LeBron James's biggest fan sitting, sitting courtside there. And looked like he was exchanging words with some Grizzlies players. And Stephen Adams is known as kind of the head of security within that team, and he was just doing his job. Just went over and made sure everything was okay, kept the peace. And, um, yeah, you can see videos of, you know, staff and, you know, medical team trying to hold Stephen back, but there's just no chance. Like, they, they were trying everything to, like, using all their might and force to push him back, and there's just no chance. Um, but, yeah, he, he seemed pretty fired up. Pretty unlike Stephen Adams to get that fired up. It was um, quite a quite a new thing to see. Um, and he's really buying into this Memphis team culture that they've got going, and they're kind of being seen as the villains of the NBA at the moment, and they're, they're really buying into that, and that's kind of being reflected in their results. And, yes, yeah, Stephen's really buying into it, which is cool to see. You haven't, you've seen him perform very well and very solidly and nail his role over the years, but I've never really seen him buy into a team culture as much as he is now, which is really cool to see. Not just Stephen Adams, though. I mean, he's had an impressive start to the season as such, but 31-16 uh, and 16 suggests a pretty good, handy, all-round Grizzlies outfit. For sure, for sure. They've... They've drafted very well in the last few years, obviously getting Jama with the number two pick, who I believe was like a two or three star recruit coming out of high school and college. And, you know, Memphis saw the talent and, and now they're reaping the rewards. They've just, they've built very, very strong pieces like Desmond Bain. And they almost are a bit of a young Golden State Warriors. Um, they've built really good shooters, really solid pieces, solid veterans like Adams. Um, Jaron Jackson is their power forward, who, um, he sometimes gets up to six blocks a game and he plays about 26 minutes and he looks like he might be a front runner the defensive player of the year so yeah, like I said they've drafted very well um, and they've got some really amazing homegrown talent um, along with some good veteran pieces around there too so yeah and the record the record shows and Stephen continues to lead the league in offensive rebounding a wee stat that I found was that the, the Grizzlies get 5.6 second chance points per game due to Stephen Adams' offensive rebounds. And might not sound like a lot, but when it's a close game, 5.6 points can win you a game, or especially in, in the, when it comes to playoffs. That's pretty impressive. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's look at the the Bucks now and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo turning, uh, returning to their lineup after a five-game absence uh, with a, short, a sore left knee and uh, shooting 100% of the first quarter, 20 out of his 29 points there. 
Middleton backing up well. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, did Milwaukee cope without their two stars in the lineup? Yeah, Milwaukee's a bit of an interesting team, to be honest, Smithy. I, um, I mean, they put a, a 150 points against the Pistons, but I'm pretty sure the Canberra Rams could put on about 120 against that Pistons team, to be quite honest. But, I mean, it's good to see the stars back, um, especially Giannis. You know, he is a, a massive centrepiece of the NBA, and, you know, the NBA is entertainment first, you know, first and foremost for people around the world. The, the thing that concerns me a little bit about the Bucks is the Celtics are looking extremely solid with younger pieces, and the Bucks actually have, on average, the oldest team in the league. At their average age is 29. Um, and that, they have got a lot of old veterans, which you know could pay dividends when it comes to the playoffs with a lot of experience, but it also could be their downfall. I mean, if Giannis gets injured again, especially in the playoffs, their chances are very, very slim of of making it you know, to, to a finals or you know, lifting up another title. So... It'll be a very, very interesting uh, kind of second half of the season for the Bucks. If they can get in the playoffs and make some noise, then brilliant. If not, then it might be a very interesting off-season to watch for them. Well, yesterday uh, the Lakers made a trade. I just uh, hinted at that with uh, Rui Hashimura from the uh, the Wizards for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round draft picks. Uh, is that a pretty high price to pay? Not at all, actually. Um Two of the second-round picks um, the Lakers acquired via trade, so they're not really their own picks. They just gave away one of their own second-rounders, and they gave away Kendrick Nunn, who kind of isn't really in their rotation. So essentially, um, from what I'm reading, pundits overseas are saying that uh, they just gave away Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura, and Rui Hachimura is a better player than Kendrick Nunn. Uh, He's a really solid, young 25-year-old. The Wizards essentially just, kind of gave up on him in terms of what they're trying to do and he just didn't really fit in their rotation. He's a good offensive player, could be a little bit better defensively, but he was the ninth pick in the 2019 NBA draft. I mean, he's, he's got really good potential and talent and it sounds like the Lakers want to start him next to um, LeBron and Anthony Davis in their front court. So I think it's a good wee pick up. I mean, there's other moves that the Lakers should be looking to do if they're really wanting to you know, maximise LeBron James's you know, final years of his career and, and try to get another title. But this is a good start, for sure. George, uh, producer Logan here. I think uh, Smithy's just having a few issues there with uh, his headset. Uh, the other day, the Lakers were down uh, by 25 points against the Trailblazers. What do you think was the difference maker there to spark such a dramatic turnaround for them? G'day, Logan. Um, yeah, I think it's just um, that apparently in that halftime head coach Darvin Ham just walked in and said you guys sort this out and just walked out and the players kind of just figured out what they were going to do so I think it was just the players actually realising that they really needed to turn something around and they probably come up with a bit of a cunning plan and it seemed to work and real players like Patrick Beverly who although he doesn't fill out the stat sheet he, um, he's a hothead and he was getting into a lot of players heads like Damian Lillard um, so maybe that could have helped too a bit of mind games um, but yeah I think they just worked out a, a bit of a a plan that needed to be very urgent and, and straight away, and it seemed to it seemed to pay off. And those kind of wins, those scrappy wins, big comebacks, uh, are very much needed for a team like the Lakers to kind of get some morale going into the second half of the season. Of course, uh, LeBron James, he's chasing greatness as he likes to do. He's on the verge of breaking uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record as the NBA's, NBA's all-time leading scorer. He only needs 224 points to get there as of today. With how high-scoring NBA games are currently, just how soon do you think he could take that record? 
Well, I've done some research. I'm hoping Smithy's listening to this too because I know he likes to put a punt on. And for anyone that's wanting to punt, I don't know, can you bet on this? Maybe. But if you can, I think you should lock in February 9th. It says on on the NBA tracker that it's, it's looking like it would be February 7th based on him averaging 27.7 points a game, which is crazy because he's 38 and he's in his 20th season. But I think he'll wait until February 9th because, A, it's at home in L.A., um, all the stars will be there. It'll be packed. It's on TNT, which is, you know, one of the biggest networks to, to screen NBA games. And yeah, it's against the Bucks. You know, Giannis, a big star, and it's the team where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar started his career. So I think there's too many storylines in there, not for LeBron to kind of aim and circle for February ninth. And I think if he's close, I think he'll just rest against the Oklahoma City Thunder on the seventh. And I think he'll just do all it takes to, to make it happen at home and. Yeah, what I'm hoping that'll be, it'll be absolutely packed with celebrities, the the lights will be bright, and that's just what LeBron wants, really. Oh, 100%, 100%. And I mean, even today, the Lakers, they up, they go up against the Clippers, you know, the, the LA rivals, they're, they're, both, they're both competing. Who do you see taking that out this afternoon? Oh, Kawhi Leonard is playing really, really well at the moment. In his last eight games, I think he's averaging about 30 points, which is kind of going under the radar because he never really plays. And the Clippers just a bit of a weird team. Uh, I think their kind of load management experiment they've done over the last four or five years has kind of not really paid dividends for them at all, to be honest. And, and that's probably a, a reason why teams aren't looking to do the same thing. Uh, I think uh, probably the Clippers will probably take that out. Anthony Davis is still not back. He might be back this week. But uh, based off just how Kawhi's playing, I think Kawhi might take that out. But I mean, despite those two LA teams being kind of the centerpiece of California, the Sacramento Kings are actually the best team in the Californian kind of region. They're better than the Warriors, better than both Lakers teams. They're third in the West. And they're about to make the playoffs for the first time in something like 16 years. Um, so I'm really stoked for the Clippers, and hopefully they can get a couple of All-Stars in the, in the, uh, in the game too. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the Sacramento Kings are performing as well as they are, you know, they've struggled for years, it kind of blows my mind, especially now at the moment when you see the Golden State Warriors struggling. I mean, halfway through the season, I think it's fair to say that they've been average at best, 23-24 record on the road. They've been atrocious, 6-18. and Is this kind of the sign that the golden era under Stephen Kerr is over? I think it's on its way out, to be honest, Logan. And Draymond Green has even said that himself. He said that this could probably be the final year that we have a, a real run at this. You know, realistically, they're not going to probably be able to pay all those stars unless they go into a massive amount of luxury tax, which, I mean, they could do. But it kind of does seem like this, this dynasty is coming to an end, similar mm. to, you know, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. You know, all good things come to an end. And I think this might be coming to an end. Um, whether it's this season or next, I'm not sure. I think Draymond Green would be the, the first card to fall just based on the character he is. And um, he's very much bigger than basketball. He likes <laughs> to you know, um, be a big media personality and stuff. And, you know, maybe somewhere like L.A. or another bigger franchise might be somewhere where he can catapult that career as well as his basketball career. So, yeah, I think cards will begin to fall. And, um, yeah, I don't know about the Warriors. They're so good at home, but maybe they're just cruising until they know it's it's time to turn it on. Who knows? But um, I still don't rule them out to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I really don't, especially with Steph Curry as your leader. Look, George, we all know that the the two words, Draymond and Green, remain dirty words here in New Zealand and forever <laughs> will be. Uh, the trade deadline, though, 
is looming. We've been talking about February 9. Uh, do you see, you know, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan. Look, they haven't been the greatest this season. Uh, do you see them being sellers and blowing up parts of that roster? I think they should. Uh, I think, I mean, they've got uh, Gary Trent Jr. on an expiring contract who is still, I think he's 24. It feels like he's been in the league for about 15 years, but he's he's younger than me, which is crazy. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think they should move him. I think OG Ananobi, apparently there was an offer for three first-round draft picks for OG Ananobi <laughs> today, which is crazy. So I don't know why the Raptors aren't taking that. They really should be. Well, that's my opinion. I don't know how you feel about OG, but um, I think three round, three first-round draft picks, I don't know how you can turn that down, even if you're a, a contending team. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's a lot of love for the Raptors uh, organization for OG. So, I mean, I can see them being emotional and hanging on to it, but who knows? Uh, Masai and Jerry may not want to go that far. We'll see. Uh, But who else, uh, just quickly, do you think could be big movers at the deadline? The Clippers sound like they want to get some some point guard action, maybe a Kyle Lurie. Even Fred Van Vliet's name's been thrown around. I don't think he'll be moved, to be honest. But the Clippers always like to do some sort of move at the trade deadline, I think. Just watch out for contending teams who I don't think any big names will be dealt in this deadline. I think it will just be small role players who need a fresh change or just at the back of a rotation on a rebuilding team. I think there will just be some contending teams who are just looking to bolster up their squad a little bit and will get some role players. But I really don't think there will be any big names. But again, it's the NBA. Who knows LeBron could be traded tomorrow morning. (laughs) <laughs> well, that would cause some uh, headlines. George Berry, uh, a resident NBA pundit, mate. It's always great to have you on. Thanks for your time. Cheers, fellas. Have a good one.